0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast, where I will be explaining witchcraft and magic and how and why it works. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Maggie Hazeman. In the previous episodes, I started with the definition of the words witch and witchcraft because I think it's important to know what these words really mean and how I use them. So, a witch is someone who is aware of their own power and puts that power into action. More simply, a witch is someone who practices witchcraft. And witchcraft is the use of magic to create change in your environment, or the practice of of exerting your will to get what you want out of life. Now, once upon a time, magic and witchcraft were the answers to all of life's problems. People turned to herbs for medicine, food, and magical answers. They wore crystals and gems as jewelry for aesthetics and as talismans for protection and other attributes. They paid attention to the phases of the moon, the direction of the wind, and the seasons of the year for practical purposes, yes, but also in search of divine messages. Magic, in essence, is practical. Our ancestors turned to it when they needed help healing illnesses protecting crops attracting lovers bringing luck banishing fortune and more though our troubles may have changed slightly modern witches aren't so different magic is something we use to help us get what we want or need and i know i might be becoming repetitive but i just want to be really clear about what i'm talking about in this podcast There are countless ways to express witchiness, but the basic meaning is that a witch is someone who is becoming aware of their power to create and is using that power to plan and design the life they want to live. So let's shift to going a little bit deeper into how magic works. Witchcraft is a science, an art, and a spiritual practice. The magic practiced in witchcraft works in accordance with certain principles and laws of the universe. So much of the science that we accept as true gives us a map of the purely physical aspects of the universe. It helps us to understand and predict the way things behave in the physical realm. So to understand magic, we need a map of the subtle non-material forces in the universe. I'm going to quickly describe seven principles of magic as they are described in What Survives of the Corpus Hermetica. This is a collection of letters written by Hermes Trismegistus to his disciples, and which developed into Hermeticism. Hermeticism is a non-Christian branch of Gnosticism, which allows students to take their spirituality into their own hands. You can develop your own belief system based on your own experiences with the divine. So the first principle is the principle of mentalism, which basically states that the fundamental makeup of the universe is consciousness, or what is today understood as information. In other words, the universe is one infinite mind with limitless possibilities. The second principle is the principle of correspondence. This tells us that there are multiple planes of existence and that there is a connection between them. There are likely infinite realms that go beyond our narrow scope of understanding, but hermetic teaching simplifies matters by naming just three, physical, spiritual, and mental. The principle of vibration is the third principle, and it helps us understand the difference between physical matter, energy, and spirit. Basically, the difference is the rate of vibration. Physical matter is very dense, it has a low vibration, And then the universe vibrates at an infinite level, and in between, there are innumerable degrees of vibration. The next principle is the principle of polarity. It states that everything can be separated into two wholly opposite parts, and that each of those still contains the potentiality of the other. This means that there is a chance that in the future one thing will exist as the other, Beyond this, you cannot qualify the dual parts. No event is perfect or tragic in its entirety. Then we have the principle of rhythm, which tells us that the vibrations of the universe are not random. Everything in the world has an order. In nature, we see rhythm in the changes of seasons, the phases of the moon, the beats of a heart, the stages of development, and countless other patterns. It's important to remember that one cannot always be creating, attracting, and increasing. We need time for reflection and releasing and resting. The sixth principle, the principle of cause and effect, describes the way in which all of our actions and experiences relate to other events. In other words, every action instigates a reaction, and no action should be viewed in isolation. So the base of this principle is that nothing happens simply by chance. You can find a root cause if you look closely, and this applies to everyone equally. This principle is about what you put out, or the cause, and the result of what you put out, which is the effect. Finally, the principle of duality tells us that everything is dual, containing active and passive principles. The active energy is in the direction of giving out, or expressing, and the receptive energy is always in the direction of receiving impressions. There must be a balance in these two forces in order to see thoughtful action that results in success and creativity. So these seven principles work independently, but are also intertwined. They describe how energy flows throughout the universe and the interconnectedness of life, events, Time and space. These timeless principles have been incredibly influential to those who seek to understand the universe throughout history, which is the most basic pursuit of the Gnosis tradition. Now, I want to talk about the idea of thought forms and how it relates to magic. So, there's a lot to say about thought forms, and I won't really have time to get into all of it in this episode, but I do want to start by telling you what they are in case you're unfamiliar. The term thought form likely originates in ancient Tibetan mysticism, but the idea is found in countless spiritual, psychological, and philosophical traditions as well. Based on what we know about the principle of vibration, thought is a vibrational energy. It's invisible, but it takes form when you focus on it. Focus is like food to a thought. It gives it energy, and the thought then gains strength. Thought forms have three main sources, you, the people you interact with, and the society or culture that you live in. A thought form is created from significant thoughts that you have interest in and opinions about and that repeat, so any thought that you have or that you were told by someone else or your culture, whether they are about your circumstances, the issues you face in your life or the world at large, these thoughts will take form as they are repeated and as they gain more energy. So basically, a thought form is a belief. The more you feed a thought, the more it takes hold in your mind, and eventually it does become a belief. So when people say your thoughts create your reality, what we really mean is that your beliefs create your reality, because beliefs are really strong thoughts that you have put a lot of energy into, and they have taken form. So beliefs shape how you respond to things that happen in your life. We know from the principle, principle of mentalism that we are all connected through the divine mind, so in a way, magic is simply the directed use of universal thought forms. The methods we use in magic are effective because they have been used many times by many different people over time and space. When we repeat spells, rituals, ceremonies, and other magical workings, we give them more power. Using ingredients, tools, and materials in a particular way gives them more power. The first time something is done for a purpose, or the first time something is used for a purpose, it is through intuition. Then it is tested and confirmed, and this method or material is communicated to other magical practitioners who also test and confirm. By passing on magical lore from one witch to the next, The knowledge of the method or material spreads and strengthens. Each time a witch gives attention to this thought form and uses it in magic, it grows in power. Now at the same time, your individual mind has power as well. So when it comes to dictating your own individual practice and how you use magic, you want to feel connected to what you are doing. If you don't feel a connection to a spell, a particular way to use an herb or something like that, The universe will see this as your desire not aligning with your intention and the path for delivering your desire becomes blocked so that's why it's important to understand the structure of any magical working and the reasoning behind the chosen tools and materials this way you can adjust or rewrite the spell to suit your practice or create your own spell now there are two types of thought forms limiting and empowering and both types of thought forms are beliefs that you hold or that another person holds, or that your culture holds. And limiting beliefs are those that place a limit on what someone can do. Empowering beliefs are those that empower someone to achieve what they want. So there are certain limiting beliefs surrounding witchcraft, and I want to make sure that I'm really clear about where I stand on some of these common myths and misconceptions, so I'm just going to take a minute to talk about these now. The first thing I want to say is that you don't need to be trained by another witch. It certainly helps to have some guidance, and it can help with studying and knowing what information to trust. It can also give you some confidence to have a mentor, but it's not what gives you power. So if someone says you can't be a witch if you don't have a formal teacher, then they're trying to sell you something. You also don't need to be initiated. So there are some paths of witchcraft that do require initiation, but not all paths require initiation. So you can choose to follow any way your interest leads you, and if, you, if it leads you to initiation, that's great, but it doesn't have to be that way. Another myth, you have to be a cis woman to be a witch. Not true. Not all witches are cis women. Some witches are men, some are non-binary, There are trans and gender non-conforming witches. Magic is genderless and it doesn't care about your sexuality either. Now witchcraft is a choice, not a gene. So your ancestors do not have to have been witches for you to be one. If you come from a magical family, then you are more likely to become interested in witchcraft and to start practicing earlier, and that's wonderful. But if you come from a non-magical family, if you aren't close with your family, or if you've severed ties with them out of necessity, then you can still be a witch as well, and it doesn't make you any less than someone else. Now there is no such thing as black or white witches or magic. It's impossible to fully understand the consequences of your spell. So you may think that what you're doing is all good, whatever that means, but you might have some unintended consequence that would make it seem like you've done something bad. So evil and good, these are just qualifiers for a force that is neutral by nature. So magic is neutral. There's no such thing as good or evil or black or white. You also don't have to join a coven to be a witch. A coven is a group of witches that meets regularly to perform magic and rituals. You can certainly form a coven or join one that's in your area if that's something that appeals to you, if you feel like you need that supportive environment. But it's also okay to practice alone, if that's what you'd prefer. Your witchcraft doesn't have to be Instagram-ready. Social media is a really wonderful source of camaraderie and inspiration. It's empowered a lot of witches to come forward and to come out of the broom closet. But it can also be disheartening to see these pristine, perfect-looking altars and clothing and crystals on social media. So remember that your practice doesn't have to be camera-ready to be valid. And you don't have to buy a bunch of stuff either. If, you're, if you look at old magic spellbooks and grimoires, people were often making do with what they just had available. So this is really empowering because it gives you this option to create your own magic based on what works for you and what you have available. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. The amazing thing about magic is that it is everywhere, and we do it without even thinking about it. So your magical practice will probably not be the same as someone else's. Don't waste time and energy worrying about what someone else is doing because it doesn't apply to you. There is some sacrifice involved in magic. Everything you choose to do, requires you to input time and energy, and sometimes that means making less time and energy for something else in your life. Magic works because you do, so put in the time, put in the energy, and know that you might need to take that away from something else in your life. This is a common one. You don't have to find a new god or goddess to worship. If it calls to you to discover your patron god or goddess, that's wonderful, and you should definitely heed that call. But if it doesn't feel right to you, no worries. It's okay to, if that's not part of your path. Witchcraft is a practice, and that means that it can be paired with any religion or philosophy or belief system, including one that you have now or one that you develop as you go forward. And finally, you don't have to be good at everything all at once. One of the great things about magic is that you are constantly learning and growing in new ways. Things take time and practice to learn. So start with what what interests you the most and follow the breadcrumbs. See where it leads you. Now, these are, aren't are the only myths and misconceptions or limiting beliefs surrounding witchcraft, but they are pretty common, and they're often those things that hold people back from getting started. So if you believed in any of these myths and misconceptions and they were keeping you from starting to practice witchcraft, then this is your sign to let that go and move forward. Your homework is to go to talkwitchcraft.com to discuss this episode with other witches in the Mumbles and Things community group on Facebook. In summary, I shared with you how magic works according to seven hermetic principles and how this relates to the idea of thought forms. I also shared some limiting beliefs about witchcraft that holds many people back from practicing. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog 003. You can join me in the next episode when we talk about witchcraft tools and materials, including altars and other sacred spaces, and how to be resourceful. Now make sure you subscribe so that you are notified about each new episode. And please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts because this helps this show reach other witches who might find the information valuable, and it helps to grow my podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the handle at MumblesAndThings. Wait, don't go yet. Thanks for listening to Talk Witchcraft with me, Maggie. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to check out mumblesacademy.com. Mumbles Academy is the place to be for intuitive souls at any stage of their witch path. Whether you are a wildling at the very beginning of your witchcraft journey and are looking for a safe learning environment, a creator who is committed to your practice and wants to develop your witchcraft skills even more, or a sage who is full of wisdom already and wants to share what you know with others, Mumbles Academy was designed for you. With monthly masterclasses and live Q&As, an extensive archive of courses and trainings, and a supportive community to help you along the way with encouragement and advice, Mumbles Academy is the perfect place for you to be as you continue on your witch path.